carries it way down the field to Watkins! Sammy Watkins for the touchdown! Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. I'm Adam Wright alongside Nick Carlson. Now, we weren't able to get our guest in. Unfortunately, something came up and he wasn't able to make it, but next time. So it's just it's just me and Carlson tonight, but we do have a lot planned for you tonight. We'll get into some draft coverage with some interesting reports on the Eagles and who they might draft. That's going to be interesting. Uh, we're going to get into a free agency update. There's a lot of a couple of a couple of things that have that went down. A few signings, a few vi- free agency visits. But first, let's get into some more quarterback drama that is going down this offseason. That's right. So Tom Pelissero reported that Kyler Murray's agent has informed the team that he will not play this season without a new contract. And that he also reported that the Cardinals have not report, have not offered uh, Kyler Murray a contract this season at all. And that, uh, that Kyler Murray's agent pulled, he pulled their, uh, their offer off the table. And now it's just a complete and utter bleep show. Big stalemate going on right there. You would think with all of this, you know, all of this drama that's gone on that it would eventually settle down. And it has in a couple, the past couple weeks, but now it's starting to start up again. And so this crazy off season just continues, but Nick, what are your thoughts on this situation with Kyler Murray? I mean, in all honesty, I really don't think, really don't think Kyler's in a good position to try and ask for this big, big contract. He's still one of the more newer quarterbacks in this league, one of the younger quarterbacks. And I, I think at this point, I haven't seen enough from him that says, you know what, this is my guy. This is the guy I'm going to build a team around for years and years to come. And I I don't blame the Cardinals for, for not making that move yet. They want to see. Look, uh, Kyler Murray has been a quarterback who's really impressed me in the past couple of years. I didn't think he was going to pan out. I thought he was one of those quarterbacks who's just a run-first guy. He can't really pass it that well. He's a little short, but he's really he's really impressed me, and he's he's uh, he's exceeded my expectations. However, I still am not completely sold on him yet for more reasons than just his ability. Um, uh, he was a, he was an MVP candidate this year, and he had a very good season the year bef- the year prior. The issue with me with for him is that his health has been a concern in the past couple of years. He's had at the end of every these past couple seasons, he's had an injury that has affected his play. And in fact, like a couple of years ago, when he got when he had the first one in his second season, it was it really affected him bad, and it hurt and it hurt the team as well. They started what they were like five and three, or some or somewhere around that. They were around they were in playoff contention, and then they kind of just fizzled out. And I think they finished uh, sub five hundred. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like he needs to prove not only that he can play at a consistent level, but that also that he can he can remain healthy because both have been in question. Oh no, you're absolutely right. I mean, it takes a lot to show an organization that this is that I'm gonna be your guy for the next six to ten years. 
that is a such a huge investment, especially in a such a cutthroat league like the NFL. And especially with those injuries, the more and more you keep getting opened up by the doctors and they're fixing you up and patching you, your body just doesn't it doesn't rebound the same. It's not the same ever since. Exactly. You know, like you look at it, you and he thinks it's going to be health is going to be a problem. Now, just look at a few years, a few years down the road. You know, there's a reason why a lot of players uh, at, at, in, at certain positions, granted, but especially if you're a running quarterback, you know, it, players, players careers don't last that long in the NFL. And there's a reason for it. It's like you said, it's a cutthroat league. You know, players, players don't last very long. Uh, when you're a quarterback, it's a little bit of an exception, but when you're a running, once you're a rushing quarterback, like what Kyler Murray is, you tend to get, you tend to get those injuries and they, they, you know, tend to eat at you. And we're looking at, we're seeing that with Lamar Jackson right now, who's a little bit ahead of him and has, and has had issues with, uh, with health. And it's, it's really affected not only Lamar, but the, but the Ravens, because he's there, he is now their franchise quarterback. And when you commit to a player like that, especially like a, especially a quarterback who's you know the most the most important position on the field and the most important position to being a championship team, then it could be really crippling if you commit to the wrong guy. Oh no, absolutely! I once again I got to agree with you. I mean, I me personally, I wouldn't even I wouldn't spend the money on that. I would not. I would keep him around. I wouldn't give him a huge, huge contract, though. I'd give him maybe a two or three year contract just to see, you know, how can he rebound? And if it works out, we extend him, we pay him, whatever, you know, he'll get his payday. And if not, at the end of the two, three years, they split and go their own way. You're right. It, uh, the way I see it, the jury's still out on Kyler Murray, and it's it appears that Kyler Murray and his agent do not see it that way, and they need to get on the same page if Kyler Murray is going to remain a Cardinal. But speaking speaking of you know the the you know the question of whether or not he will be there, do you think this could lead to Kyler Murray's departure from Arizona? I mean, I I would see it, but I think it would be obviously in desperation of a new team trying to find a new team because so many other quarterbacks have been making moves as of lately. There's not that many teams left that can afford whatever Kyler Murray wants, because obviously the Cardinals are having a hard time with that. Yeah. I think this is going to be something where it gets figured out and they eventually come to some sort of deal, whether it's a long-term deal or like you said, some sort of short-term thing, he proves himself and then he gets his money. But I think I've and I've been saying this all offseason about Kyler Murray as this stuff is dragged on that I think this is going to get settled and if things blow up it'll be like later on like towards the end of his new contract, you know, when he's when he's, you know, he's more of an established veteran and and the team, let's say the the Cardinals haven't been surrounding him with enough talent, or something happens, something stupid happens, like with what happens with a lot of quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and then he says, you know what, I'm out of here, and then that's and then that's that. But I feel like this is going to this is in the short term, this is going to be fixed, but in the long term, this could this could if you know, let's 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 look at it this way: when you're in a relationship with any boy, girl, whatever. Um, and you know, looking at that, um, 
there's something called the honeymoon phase, right? And, you know, that's always the time when, you know, things are going great. You're, you know, you guys are, 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 you know, meshing, everything's going, everything's awesome. And then eventually the honeymoon phase wears off. It always does. But the question is whether, and the question is always, you know, whether or not, uh, whether or not you can, you can overcome that honey phase, uh, honeymoon phase, uh, wearing, wearing off. But the, what's an, what's an issue here is that the, the honeymoon phase is already worn off and they just started together. If they're having issues like this now, imagine what's happening, what's going to happen down the road, which is what I've, I've had, I've talked to a lot of friends going through relationships when they're having issues this quickly, this, like, you know, this early on, and they're thinking, man, everything's fine. She, she says she's changed. Usually if, if you're having issues that early, better get out of there as soon as possible, but we'll see what happens. Uh, anyways. Any more, any more thoughts about this before we move on? No, I mean, I, I think we got it all. All right, man. Well, next we are going to hit on a juicy rumor surrounding the Eagles. You're not going to want to miss that. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast. I'm Adam Wright, Nick Carlson here with you tonight. And so, per Adam Schefter, the Eagles have hosted a couple of wide receiver prospects. One of them being Chris Olav, and they're going to be in, they're going to be vis, uh, hosting Jameson Williams. So, the the Eagles in the past two drafts in the first round have taken a wide receiver. The last year being Devontae Smith, the year before that being Jalen Rieger. Safe to say they're one for two. And they have two first-round picks in this draft, and there's they've been rumored to take all, ty- all, all types of positions, cornerback, defensive end, offensive line, and now here's wide receiver. So it's interesting because, I mean, it's not often where you see – a team taking the same position three, three years in a row, which might show a little bit in their lack of confidence in the position. Uh, but Carlson, what do you think about the possibility that they could take a thir- a receiver for the third straight year in the first round? I mean, I I think it. I think it's a very valuable option. I mean, I think they could do it. This isn't really though a strong offensive draft class this is probably one of the stronger ones we've seen in a little bit on the defensive side of the ball I I really think the Eagles are probably going to go in there looking for maybe a defensive back or maybe a pretty decent corner certainly they so the way I've the way I saw it especially when I saw the the trade uh between 
the trade between the Saints and the Eagles where they traded draft picks. And the Eagles still have two for they so they had three first round picks. Now they have two. <clears throat> excuse me. They have two in the uh, in the sort of in the middle of the draft. I'm not sure exactly where. Um, if you if you'd like to look that up, uh, where they where their first round picks are, they're around they're toward, towards the middle. And so yeah. when they when they traded when they punted one of their picks into next into next year's draft, giving them two first round picks, which is more of a, a much deeper quarterback class. I thought, okay, that's interesting. So what that what that tells me here is that this is going to be a sort of, as CJ so eloquently put it a couple of weeks ago, it's a put-up-or-shut-up year for Jalen Hurts. So what, is that, so what does that mean? I think they are going to load up on offense to see what Jalen Hurts really is about. Because let's face it, it they had some pieces on offense uh, la- this past, this past offseason, but they didn't really have enough to truly – see what Jalen Hurts was about. If they take another wide receiver and you have you have Devontae Smith combined with whoever whoever they pick in this draft, which is a it is a very deep wide receiver class, it's very hard to see if he struggles to point at point to anywhere else. So I think they take a wide receiver and if it doesn't work out, then then they're going to have a very good supporting cast for the next guy with Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard you know they still have that wide receiver that uh that running back who's uh who's been very solid for for them. Uh, I'm blanking on his name, but they have all of these players. Miles Sanders, that's what I was thinking of. They have all of these guys. Whoever they draft uh on top of that, all of these guys, if it doesn't work for Jalen Hurts then, then it may never work for Jalen Hurts, which is why they went out and they t- they got another f- an extra first round pick in next year's draft. So I think this makes a little a, this low key makes a lot of sense. There, I know, you know, looking at it uh, at it in the way of they're taking a, a wide receiver for the third year in a row. It's a little crazy, but if you look at the context behind it, it kind of works. So, are you saying even though if this if they do take a wide receiver in the first, if it doesn't work out, do you think the Eagles kind of have a backup plan for that just in case by securing that extra pick? In that in next year's draft, just in case, or I, yeah, I think it's one of those things where they're looking at next year's draft. You know, it's a it's a quarterback heavy draft, very very deep with with uh, very good court with very bit good quarterbacks as opposed to this draft. And they look at it and they say, well, if we draft a wide receiver and we you know armor this uh, this guy Jalen Hurts to the gills with uh, with weapons. And it doesn't work out, then it's a win-win because now we have an extra pick in next year's draft, and we can take a quarterback. And oh, by the way, we have another first-round pick in next year's draft, and we can take we can take you know an offensive lineman to help in- to help support. And don't forget the first-round pick this uh, this year. So they have a lot of options that they you know I I, I kind of like the plan that they have going here if it works out. Yeah. No. I mean. I mean, I, I got to agree with you on that one. At first, I was a little unsure, but now just hearing that explained out, no, I'd, I, would, I would have to switch my argument. I'll, I'll agree with you on that one. Wait, so what, what was your argument? So you think, so you think they should have, that they should go with, uh, or you thought previously, because I won't, I won't hold that against you, yeah. that they should, they should go defense, defensive back or 
a, a position like that, correct? So that's yeah. I was I was saying take more or less stack up your defense just in case if the offense doesn't work out for this year, you, you still walk away with that pick, but now it's just less on the other side of the ball you have to worry about. You can save more by just targeting one key area, which would either be you know finding that finding that stud of wide receiver in that first round because the Eagles are going to have two or three. Yeah, I mean they can still address uh they can still address the fir- the in the first round in fact the, in this draft the uh you know the uh the defense since they have two first round picks. So if they use one on a wide receiver then it's okay, we'll use the other one on let's say Andrew Booth Jr. or Trent McDuffie and go and go out and take a defensive back to to uh combine with Darius Slay or you go out and you get a get a, a defensive lineman it's this is a very deep uh defensive draft i think the only spot the only couple spots that are it's really thin at in this draft is at quarterback and running back uh correct me if i'm wrong but looking at it there's not a lot of there's only one running back who i've seen in all of the the mock drafts who have gone in the first round everything else has no running backs to be found which has been unheard of in recent years and you also look at some of the quarterbacks. A lot of them are going in the first round, but that happens every year. There's always, you know, quarterbacks always always rise in drafts. And I wouldn't be surprised if one is taken in the first in the first ten pick, in the in the top ten, even though they might have no business being there. That's just the way it ends up going. Just look at Daniel Jones a few years ago. He was supposed he. I mean, well, we we thought he was going to. They were going quarterback either way, but they went with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, the Duke quarterback, the guy who some people had not even going in uh, in the first round of the draft, and he went, what was it, top five? Yeah, I believe I believe he was even somewhere in the top three. If, was he? If I remember correctly. Well, yeah, look, look that up. I do believe that – I mean, I, there's always that one quarterback that some team will – throw all their eggs in the basket because they need an emergency or they think they need an emergency quarterback that they need to pluck one straight out of the draft instead of trying to dig through some free agents or potentially make some trades. Yeah. So I guess, I guess he, I guess he was taken like somewhere up there, but either way, I mean, that was just, that was just ridiculous. The fact that the giants went, with Daniel Jones. And I, I honestly thought when he first started that he actually could play, you know, he, he had, he had some nice performances. He didn't exactly, he had some issues holding on to the ball, but I thought that was a, a fixable issue. And here we are, he, he's going into what his fourth year, third, fourth year. Yeah. I, was, I would either say fourth or fifth year, maybe, but no. And yeah. I mean, at, Everybody believed the hype about Daniel Jones and everybody thought he was going to be, you know, their solid franchise guy for the next few set of years. But as it's played out, some guys just don't adjust well to the NFL. They end up better in college than they do in the NFL. They just can't handle the speed. Yep. And Duke is a little bit more well known for their basketball than football. In fact, I keep on forgetting that Duke even has a football team. I I didn't, I, I never heard anything about. Uh, Duke football, not to say that I didn't know that they have a team. Obviously they did, but I was thinking I never had, I never had acknowledged. I never had even seen a player, a, any Duke uniforms 
until I saw Daniel Jones in the, you know, in the all the pre-draft mock drafts. I was like, oh yeah, there's a Duke player going in the first round of the draft. That's interesting. And it turned I, I thought he was gonna be able to play. I really but we're getting a little bit off topic, but uh Eagles possibility of them taking a, a wide receiver in the first round. They've been looking at a lot of players. Anything more on that that you wanna that you wanna talk about? I, I think we're good. I think we're getting way too far off. Definitely getting, getting, going from the Eagles to their, their rivals that, you know, and Daniel Jones, but coming up next, we are going to talk about a few of the free agency uh, moves that have happened in recent days, a couple of little flurry of, of things going on. Some, some juicy uh, things really, but that's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. I'm Adam Wright here with Nick Carlson, and we have gone over a couple of things. We talked about Kyler Murray. We talked about the Eagles possibly taking a wide receiver yet again in the first round, as if they don't have enough first-round wide receivers. But we are on to our update on the on the latest on free agency there's been a couple of things going on, so buckle up. So, Defon Gilmore has visited with the Indianapolis Colts yesterday. He is he that's a, that's a different that's an interesting one for them. So, the Colts, they had Rocky Sin, they traded him away, and they also had Xavier uh, uh, Xavier Xavier Rhodes, excuse me. Um and both of them are gone now. So, what do they what do they do? They look at Stefan Gilmore. Now, the issue with him has been his asking price has been sky high, which is basically the reason why he was booted from New England because he wanted all this money and and Bill Belichick did not want to pay did not want to pay him. And it's going to be the same issue with uh with the the Panthers, even though the Panthers already have a lot of pieces in that secondary, so they really they they have they have plenty of leverage to say you can go you can go f yourself if you really want that money because I mean we don't want you, um, but he was a very solid player this past this past year. So for him to go to the Colts, it makes a little bit of sense. Uh, after that, uh, Green uh, AJ Green has re-signed with the Cardinals. Now this may seem like it's not that big of a move, but it kind of is, and I'll explain to you why. So. Uh, the re- the pay- sorry excuse me I'm, I'm naming all types of play all types of teams the, so the Cardinals they let go their previous wide receiver two in Christian Kirk and Christian Kirk got a massive deal 
and which helped out a lot of different receivers who were looking for big money. So he made he helped in getting some wide receivers uh, around the league more money. But he uh, so AJ AJ Green actually had over 800 yards and what was it seven eight touchdowns this past year. So he was he was a he. He actually that this is the closest he's been to being AJ Green in what was it three four years, so for him to for him to land back there as their wide receiver too, very very good for the Arizona Cardinals and if obviously if they want to keep Kyler Murray that's a good piece to keep. Uh, after that, Sammy Watkins. All right, so he goes to the wide receiver needy Packers for I believe it was one year. Four million dollars. This is this is so. This might not seem like much because you're thinking about oh well, they need to find a, a replacement for Devonte Adams. Well, don't forget the fact that they actually lost. Um, they actually lost Marquez Valdez Scantling as well, who went for how much? How much money? Something stupid. I think it was what thirteen and a half mil per year. Yeah, I think it was something like that. It wasn't. It wasn't much higher than that, if anything. I don't believe it was. I don't believe it was that much higher than that. Right. So he goes to the Packers for a replacement for Marquez Valdez Scantling for four mil, which is a much better deal and possibly in some ways a little bit kind of a better player than uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling. I know Sammy Watkins is at a point in his career where he's not he's not as uh, he's not as productive as he once was, certainly during his. Uh, Buffalo days and not during his Kansas City days, but he's still a player who can put up numbers. So, you know, with these in mind, what are your thoughts on this, Carlson? Some of these, some of these moves. I mean, I think the one that makes the biggest difference here, I believe, is having Sammy Watkins. I mean, giving giving him a solid, solid deep threat downfield. I, that that's prime Rodgers. That is what he has made his career for, is favoring the deep ball when he needs it. <clears throat> so I really do believe that having Watkins, the experienced deep down receiver, he can still get up and win the majority of those t- high thrown 50-50 balls. And he's still he's still a menace to try and tackle on the field. If he's out in open field, you're going to need a few guys to bring him down. Yeah. I've always liked Sammy Watkins. He's not the wide receiver one that he once was in the in you know the couple of year first couple of years he was with Buffalo when he was an absolute beast and people were looking at him as one of the better receivers in the game. But I think I you know he hasn't quite lived up to his expectations since then. But he's still been a productive wide receiver. Uh, he hasn't really been the same since he ha- since he had some of those injuries towards the end of his time with Buffalo. But he's still like I said, very, pretty good receiver, and he will he will fill the need at wide receiver too because people keep on forgetting that they they're not only missing they don't even have a, they don't only have a massive hole at wide receiver one they need a number two guy as well, and you can make a you can make a case for number three too. So they they have a lot of work to do. They might go wide receiver in this draft. So that's another that's another conversation to be had. But uh, but Stephon Gilmore. If they were to land him, what do you think that would mean for the Colts as, you know, as a team? I mean, I really just think landing landing Gilmore like that to this young Indianapolis Colts team. I mean, I, I think that gives everybody in the locker room somebody to look up to as 
He's been one of the trademark players here in New England and everywhere he's been since. He's he's always had that veteran's status that I don't want to say that ego, but almost like that mentality. You know, he steps in right into that leadership role. Yeah, you know, he's that type of player where I, I don't understand why you know, I get I get why he I mean I get why he hasn't been signed yet because he has a high price and he is getting up there in age and he has been hit by injuries, but none of that and I will say none of that has affected him in the slightest. Maybe a little bit because he's not completely, you know, all pro best corner in the game caliber, but he's still a very very good corner. And this was, and this, he actually had a very impressive year, not only this year, but back in 2020, went in the games that he did play. And people are forgetting that. Like once he came back, he was still kind of himself. And people, I, I think people are underselling what, uh, what Stefan Gilmore really is right now because he's still, he's still playing at a high level. And I think whoever gets him is going to get that, that, that version of <laughs> Stefan Gilmore. And for him to go to the Colts, is a big fit for them because they need help in that secondary. Their, their front seven is set. Their offense, maybe they could use a wide receiver too past Michael Pittman, but that team all around has some good talent, and they have some – they have – you know, we could talk about the, the their competition because they have a lot of – there's a lot of competition in the AFC this year, but they have a very good team that, that has a chance to be really competitive. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I mean, if – if the Colts get them, I, they're going to be a dangerous team in this AFC this year. They're going to be – it's going to be like the old Peyton Manning. Old yeah. Peyton Manning Colts as this is probably the most stacked defense they've had since. Yeah. And you remember Peyton Manning, he goes to the Broncos towards the end of his career – uh, to finish his his career somewhere else and puts up career numbers. This is the opposite for Matt Ryan. Now he's going from his other team to the Colts, where Peyton Manning left the Colts, and now we're having a little bit of a reverse uh, thing going here. Um, so I think I think you know Matt Ryan could still have some have have some stuff left in the tank. He's he's not that young, especially for or as, I'm sorry, he's not that old, you know. Uh, for a quarterback because you know a lot of quarterbacks can we've seen now in recent years have can play late deep into their 30s and even so, in some cases in their uh, their early 40s as we saw with uh, as we saw with Drew Brees we're seeing it in his mid 40s with Tom Brady and we saw it with we saw it with Brett Favre so why not Matt Ryan he has a good he has a good team around him and he has a good young team around him so uh, I want to get some last thoughts on AJ Green, who has re-signed with the Cardinals. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on that and kind of, you know, what what impact that could make, and what's what's uh, if how just how much AJ Green does have left in the tank. I mean, I really don't even think it's as much as AJ Green has in the tank. I think it's just keeping that experienced wide receiver around Kyler. He's been in the league two or three years now, but still as a growing quarterback, and you're still seeing the growing pains, it's nice to have that one veteran wide receiver who's been through it all these years can kind of give him a little on-the-field coaching. Certainly. We're seeing – and we're seeing it in, in Kyler Murray's attitude too, being a young, being a young kid in this league. And, 
man, it that whole thing is just getting petty. And it's it's am I the only one who th- thinks it's completely childish and stupid that these player that some of these players are taking all all of their stuff from their team off of their social media? Like, isn't that just straight pettiness? I mean, that there used to be the day where you know you would talk to somebody face to face. Now you have a chance to talk your smack through a through a keyboard, computer screen, whatever, and you're able to able to really just set your attitude out there and show your dislike where back in the day players never had that they had to go talk to their coaches managers owners behind closed doors and then the media would find out it wouldn't be the media alerting the team imagine actually communicating about something and talking things out like adults couldn't be me right and you know it's also like at least when you're behind a keyboard and saying, you're at least saying something in some sort of, you know, form at least like with this, with this whole new thing where players are unfollowing their social media, they're not even saying anything. They're just doing petty, you know, petty stuff. This is just petty BS. That is just like, it's, it's not, you're just making yourself look like a child. You're not even saying anything. At least that's some form of form of communication. Not that I'm trying to justify it, because you know that's that's another that's still petty pettiness. But like this is this is worse. It's like this is like you're not even willing to talk. You're just being you're you're sitting there pouting. That's what you're doing. And usually, like I I don't even know how to deal with that. No, and I think part of it comes from really a lot of these, like. NFL insiders, you know, they like to, as we've seen with Scheffner having a few little bobbles every now and again, as we've seen as of lately, it's just been, I feel like the reporters are just trying to milk every single story. You know, the second something goes wrong, they make a player seem like they're unhappy with their contract, you know, and then all the trade rumors got going. And even on last week's episode, we were talking about all these bizarre, crazy trade rumors that we were going nuts about. I mean, really, I think these players have to show at least a little class and a little maturity if they're going to be asking for these giant paychecks. Yeah. And you have to wonder if maybe they're starting to realize that when some, when any, any, even the smallest thing happens that the media just blows up about it. And suddenly these players are getting a lot of media attention and maybe they're starting to realize that. And they're saying, well, how about I just, how about I just do this, and then I everybody's going to be talking about me, and maybe the maybe I'll get some money. Teams will teams will get I'll, I'll get the attention of all these teams, and this will all be great. But I, again, like you're also going to get some negative attention, and people are going to be like, "Dude, just knock it off, just play for your team, win a championship. Who cares about the money? I mean, money money does matter. I'll, I'll say that much, but." Still, I mean, I, I bet, I bet I couldn't, I definitely couldn't turn down a massive contract, but I also, I wouldn't mind winning a championship or two. It depends. It remains to be seen, which is more, I mean, I think I would think a Super Bowl is a little more, you know, a little more uh, valuable, but you know, all right, well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Be sure to tune in to us live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7.30 on Twitter and Facebook through Fans Only Sports Network. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check us out on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, 
iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so many more platforms. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week. Over and out.